We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Turn with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 7. We're going to read two verses. And I've titled this, It's in the Search. It's in the Search, Matthew chapter 7. I was telling them earlier, I, I was doing fine. I drove into Kennedale, and then I got some kind of deal in my throat. Something, something in Kennedale. And I don't know if it's the dump. I don't know. <laughs> something going on in Kennedale. But. Yeah, I've been drinking that water. <laughs> Matthew chapter 7. Let's look at verses 7 and verse 8. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth. He that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. And that sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? Uh, believe it or not, I have found the best method ever for searching and finding something. It's foolproof. It's the best one. I'd like to patent it. Uh, it works every time. Every time I'm trying to find something that I've lost or can't find, it works every single time. Uh, I always find what I'm looking for. When I lose my keys or when I set something down and I forgot where I put it, all those things. I just don't waste, I don't waste my precious time with this massive search because I've found the answer. I simply tell Jana I can't find something. And when I do, she's able to find it. Every time she shows me right where it's at. So uh, this is a foolproof method. Searching for things is not actually my strong suit, y'all. I, I, you know, she, every time Janet goes, man, man, is that a man thing? We can't find stuff? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So she just says man, and she doesn't mean like man. She's like, you're a man. That's the problem. Uh, but searching for, the, for meaning, it's a different story than just searching for stuff, and that's kind of what I want to talk about. <clears throat> the search for meaning in our life, and there's, you know, that's, we can get philosophical. We're not going to do that. But that's what really counts, the meanings that were one of the reasons I've started, I, wanted, I started Sunday with the, the deal about words and stuff. I'm going to push through and go through different things is there's meaning we're looking for, meaning. It's, that's important. I find that the search for meaning is something most people are too busy to do, though. People are too busy to actually search. Yeah, just tell me. They're either overwhelmed by time or the lack thereof. Uh, and I think most pe people really want to know, but they don't want to search. Search involves some principles. Something that people have an opinion about, but no clue as to what it is. They have no big idea. They want to know. They want to look, but they just don't search. <clears throat> Many have spent their entire lives searching and still have not found what they're looking for. I know people that are in their 70s that are still searching for the thing. What thing? Whatever it is they're searching for, they haven't found it. Do you all remember the, the band U2? They had a song. U2 had a song out, and it's, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I still have Bono. I still haven't found. Oh, you're shocked that I know who U2 is. Was that? Well, I do. I actually know the song. He said, I've climbed the highest mountain and run through the fields. I've crawled and scaled city walls. He even said, I believe in king, the kingdom come. If you've listened to that song, I believe in kingdom come. He said, you broke the bonds and loosed my chains. 
you carried the cross for my shame. I mean, if you've ever listened to this song, what he's talking about is the gambit that he's gone through to find what he's looking for. But in the end, he says the same thing. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Uh, <clears throat> he's done it all, looked into religion, still hadn't found it. If so, Listen, if so many people want to find out the real answer, why aren't so many people looking for the real answer? Because people want, why aren't they searching for it? It comes back to what Becky said, because in our society today, we're just told. We're just given the information. So I think one major issue today is people are too busy. They're too busy working and trying to find out why they're working. They're too busy working, and they're trying to find out why they're too busy working. That's, that's their, that is the basis of their search in life. Uh, but maybe there's a deeper problem here. Maybe we've forgotten how to, as a society, we have really forgotten how to look, look for things. Uh, and maybe we need to relearn the art of the search. <clears throat> One of the things that if you've studied about the Jewish bride and groom, once they became engaged, betrothed, the man would then be gone for a year and, and leave his friend to take care of his betrothed. And she would be there and she would be getting ready. He spent a year <clears throat> working as hard as he could because once he got back, he had to have a year's worth of income because he wasn't going to work for another year. He was going to be there for a year with his wife to take care of family needs for a year. That, that was one part. That, you know, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Man, I wish I'd have had that kind of money. To, it just didn't work out that way. But one of the things that they did was the search. And what it was was when she knew at the approximate time he was coming back in that year it would be a year. And so what she would do is that she would put her wedding apparel on and she would go to a garden and hide. And she, he would come and he would walk that garden and he would quietly whisper her name. He wouldn't yell it out. He would walk through there and quietly whisper her name. And can you imagine what this is creating? <clears throat> it was all in the search. Yeah. Seek and ye shall find. What if we went after God that way? Wow. Because he quietly calls our name. Robert Fulcom wrote a book called All I Really Didn't Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. Have you ever read that? Yeah. His book reminds us of some fundamental truths in our meaning uh, of what it means to search. He, when he was speaking of child experiences, he said this. He, do you ever, well, probably some of you don't. When I was a kid... We had this Dick and Jane book in the first grade, and it was Dick and Jane, and it was a boy and a girl, and you open, and that's how we learned to read. And, you know, run, spot, run. Remember those? All of those? Okay. Well, in this Dick and Jane book that we read as a children, when you look, the, f the very first big word you see is the word look, L-O-O-K. So one of the first things we learned in kindergarten, look, search, seek. That's something that was taught, but you know what? We don't have those Dick and Jane books in school anymore. We don't teach our, ki our kids to search and look and find. We would rather just give them the information. We're so busy that, it, that we, <clears throat> it's easier to just give the information than to get involved in the search. It's just easier. That's why we do it. So much of our life has become so complicated that we've taken out looking out of the picture 
you know, our lives are so jammed up with stuff that looking and searching is out of the picture now. <clears throat> but by looking, taking looking out of the picture of our lives, what happens is we close options in our life. When we don't search, and it's all in the search, we take some options out of our life that we would have had had we kept looking. Uh, and the problem is it leaves us knowing no more than what we know. And a bigger problem is not wanting to know anymore. One of the things about searching and looking is the desire to learn, to know, to understand. And when we take the looking out of our life, when we take the search out of our life, then basically what comes down to it is that we don't know any more than what we know, and that's all we want to know. And that's kind of where our society is. Listen, the very best, the best thing that a teacher does for their students is not to actually teach. That's not the best thing. The best thing is to activate the search for knowledge. Activate the search. Old-time school teachers, that's what they did. When they taught, they really didn't teach. They activated a search. They had things in class that would make you ask a question that was pertinent to what they were going to teach. There was a search by you, by the child, for knowledge. And that's the best thing a teacher can do is activate in a child the, the desire to search and look for knowledge because what will happen is learning will follow. Teaching will follow. One of the reasons people don't search like they should is because we've been given all the answers before they ever get interested in the question. A lot of kids today and a lot of adults today, we, we, we are giving all the answers before we ever really get interested in what the question is. You ever ask a, ask a question you thought, well, okay, and then the more you thought that question, the more it got to you and it started eating on you. It started getting in you. you sometimes you'd be, be watching something and you just start thinking about that question or you're trying to sleep and you kept thinking about that question. That's the curiosity of knowledge. That's the curiosity of the search. And uh, what's happened now is that because we've given the answer, we've lost the curiosity for the search. <clears throat> we are simply not asked to look anymore. We're simply not asked to look anymore. Therefore, our curiosity is never touched. One of the, the biggest things we see in society today is the lack of curiosity. Curios curiosity is not wanting to know. There's a lot more to curiosity than just wanting to know something. Curiosity is actually an experience. Curiosity. You ever heard the term curiosity killed the cat? <laughs> Why did curiosity kill the cat? If all he wanted to know was, why did curiosity kill the cat? Anybody? What was that? I wasn't going to say it, but now that you brought it up. <laughs> why did curiosity kill the cat? He searched, he investigated, he went to look. That's why curiosity. Curiosity is an experience. It's just, it's not a question. <clears throat> you know, if we don't look anymore, curiosity dies, our interest is never aroused, and we become robotic. I, I believe it's better for people to have the lack of understanding and work towards the understanding than to think they know it all. You know, because let, let, I'm going to be honest with you. Most people think they know it all because all they got to do is draw their gun out. They can get the answer really quick. So they think they know it all just because they read it. 
I'm not against, you know, Megan's getting her master's right now. I'm not against education at all. Not at all, one, one bit. But education is not the end all. It's the beginning. It's not the end all. It's the beginning. It starts you in the life of curiosity, of search. That's what it should do. If you think it's the end all, you think you know it all. If you think it's the end all, then you honestly are telling me you know it all without saying that. You ever met the know-it-all? That, that's. It's when you realize you lack understanding and you're dissatisfied with knowing that you lack that it's an opportunity to uncover truth. You know, there's a reason, Pastor Don, I, you know, I know you all think I'm extremely random. There's a reason that we're doing the Word thing on Sunday. There's a reason that certain things have been taught in the last couple of months. And it's God, it's not, I'm not coming up with this stuff. It's God directing me. God wants us to be curious about His Word. He wants us to, he wants us to not just want to know, you know, it's great to know it all. It's great to know it. It's great to know all those things. But if there's no curiosity and there's no arousal of desire to find more, it's time to crawl in the box and get in six feet under. It's over. It's done. Patrick White was an Australian writer who won a Nobel Peace Prize <clears throat> pardon me, for, in, uh, for literature. And he recalls this time. He had this experience. Uh, he, he said he was confused about some things in his life, and he needed, and this thing that happened to him caused him an activation of search in his life. He's walking in his backyard, and he's got a big plate of dog food. And as he's walking out uh, with this large, this huge storm starts blowing over as he's walking out. And he said as he's walking, he stepped on something, and, and his feet went out from under him, and he hit the ground, and the dog food went all over him. So as he's laying there, he's looking up. What does he do? He's stretched out on his back, dog food all over him. He sees these clouds coming over. And he said there's gray and there's green and there's these odd. And he realized for the first time in his life there was something bigger than him, something much greater, more powerful than him, first time in his life. Now, this is a Nobel Peace Prize winner. He said at that point it caused me to, to search and find out what was bigger than me in life. And lo and behold, he found out. So he just realized there's something, you know, that's what search does. That's what, that's what being curious, that's what it does. It causes us to realize there's much more than what's there, than what meets the eye. You, you heard that, right? There's more there than meets the eye. Be careful with that. Be careful with that. This, this incident took him on a quest to find answers to questions he had never even thought of before that day. But he said, thank goodness I slipped and fell, and dog food went all over me. And I looked up, and I said on my back, looked at the sky. So we've all probably had some kind of deal, maybe not like that, but some kind of deal in our life, some kind of incident in our life that made us look and say, there's something here. So did we search that out when we looked and saw it, or did we just fail to find out for ourselves what that was about? Because it can make the difference in your life. You know, there, there's... <clears throat> You ever read scripture and go, like it just hits you like a brick in the face? Like I understand it for the first time? You know what to do when that happens? You know what to do when that happens? That's when the search begins. Get in that, whatever that, search that thing out. You know, a lot of people, they get the wow deal, and they're, they're okay with the wow deal, and they never search anything out. <clears throat> you know why cults work so well? The leader of the cult wows the people. 
they never search it out. That's why it works so well. They never search it out. He can wow them, but they don't search what the wow is about. And when that happens, you become, you know, Davidianites and whatever. You become those branch Davidian people. You, that's what happens. <clears throat> if you've ever watched any of the tapes that he had, that, that Koresh had, I mean, he wowed them with all kinds of stuff out of Revelation and all. And they never looked it up, never searched it out. It takes some courage to admit we don't know everything, right? <coughs> Pardon me. That I, ha- I don't have all the answers. But it takes more courage to take the next step and search. It takes more courage to take the next step because here's what you find a lot of times. This is what I found when I first came into the church. All the stuff that I thought I knew, that I thought I was right about, that I thought I was grounded and solid in, when I begin to search, it's like, uh-oh, uh-oh. This is not what I was taught. So then I had to, either I had to be with no courage and just live with what I had or take courage and take the next step. And that's what it takes. It takes courage to take the next step and go beyond what you thought you knew was right, what you thought you knew you understood, but it wasn't quite all there. The search is often difficult. Our search is often difficult, and we make mistakes along the way in our search. You ever made a mistake in a search? Sure, we all have. But the search is what makes the difference. It's what makes the Two birds are in this nest. They just hatched out of their eggs. And so as they're sitting there looking at the shells in the nest, they have a conversation. And the conversation was, we've only been here two minutes, and we've already broken something. (laughs) That's what life is like. You're going to break things in your journey. Things are going to break. It's going to happen. But if you'll just follow what Jesus said, what we just read, let's read it again. Often we'll read Scripture, and we pin it within a given thing of what we think it is. That's why we've been so adamant about reading. I have family that's Church of Christ. I think Darren does too. What I admire about the Church of Christ, if you're going to study Scripture, you're going to read the chapter before, the chapter of, and the chapter after, and they're going to, you don't just dig into, you don't just pull out certain Scriptures, and that's your, whatever that says, we're going to, plug that in and that because oftentimes you can plug something in and it's you're you're taking it right out of context and plugging it in and man you have plugged in a live wire when i was a kid i will remember this as long as i live i was five years old we're all sitting around watching tv and so there's a plug see the plug here with the things in it here you plug your plugs in well i had found this wire in the yard and so as we're watching tv i stuck one end of the wire in there huh so when I stuck the other end on the other side, this all I remember is this big flash of and black all over the wall. It man, the lights went out. My dad jumped up. You all right? You all right? And I said, Yes, sir, I am. Then he wore me out with a belt, yeah, and to make sure I all right. Sometimes we plug into things we shouldn't. We plug you know, that shouldn't. You could plug a regular lamp into that plug. It worked great. But when you plug the wrong thing in, you know, it can create a... Uh, so let's read this again. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, for everyone that asketh receiveth. He that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. 
So here's the deal. If we haven't received, it's because we haven't asked. And if, if we haven't found, it's because we haven't sought, searched. And, and if it's not opened, we haven't knocked. So sometimes we think that we ask. Jesus even made the statement, listen, the reason you're not getting what you think you need to get is you're asking amiss. You're asking off kilter, off. <clears throat> Jesus makes a great promise right here. It's a promise that, have you, anybody read all the promises? Looks <laughs> at all the okay. He makes a great promise. He doesn't say, join my religion and everything's going to be given to you. You know, that a lot, there's, not, there's non-denominals that are doing this. Yeah, just come in and be part of the church and, and, and love the Lord, and, 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 and He's going to take care of everything you need. As, as long as you give to my ministry, He's going to take care of everything you need. As, as long as you do what we want you to do, He's going to take care of... That's not what that Scripture's talking about. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't say find the answer and all the doors are going to be opened either. He simply says, ask and it will be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and shall be opened unto you. Now, He doesn't say when that's going to happen. He doesn't say when any of that's going to happen. The path to meaning, to completeness, to become real is a journey. And that's what we're talking about here. The search is about becoming real. The search is about becoming real. What, what is real? Anybody ever read The Velveteen Rabbit? And you know the story I'm about to tell. What is real? The Velveteen Rabbit tells of a room full of toys that come alive at night. And so this toy rabbit and, and th this toy ho horse are talking to each other, and it kind of goes like this. The rabbit says, what is real? What, what, what is real? D does it mean having things that buzz inside of me and a stick handle that comes off? Is that real? Real isn't what you're made or how you're made, the skin horse said. It's a thing that happens to you. So when a child loves you for a long, long time, not just to play with, but really loves you, then you become real. Does it hurt, the rabbit asked? Well, sometimes the skin horse said it hurts. But when you're real, you don't mind being hurt. Does it happen all at once, like being wound up? Or is it just a little by little, a bit by bit? doesn't happen all at once, the skin horse said. You become. That's what real is. You become. It takes a long time. That's why it doesn't often happen to toys who break easily or have sharp edges who have to be carefully kept. They don't really ever become real. Generally, by the time you're real, most of your hair has been loved off, your eyes drop out, and you get loose joints and you look very shabby. That's what real is. But these things don't matter at all because you're real. You can't be ugly except to the people who don't understand what is real. The search for meaning, the search for completeness, the quest to be real is a lifetime journey. It's in a lifetime journey of question. It's a, it's a life. That's what Jesus is telling us here. And, and you're living in my kingdom. And the journey you're about to take, in the lifetime that you're about to live, if you'll seek, you're going to find. If you knock, it's going to be open. If you ask, it's going to be, but it's your lifetime. That's when you become real. It's the search. Now, here's the thing. You may start out looking like the rabbit who was this beautiful little rabbit 
in the Velveteen Rabbit, but you'll become as the skin horse. You're going to lose most of your hair. It's going to be loved off. Some of us get loved more than others. Your, your eyes start dropping out. I, I, <laughs> you get loose joints. All, but as we journey together in this life and in the kingdom of God together, love not because of what we can do for someone, but simply because together we can search and find the meaning of truth, what is real. Because what is real in Scripture? Truth. Truth. Loving the truth. It's one thing to find the truth. It's another thing to love it. There are a lot of people that find the truth, but they don't fall in love with it. Because, you see, receive, because they receive not a love for the truth, they became, and it starts listing. There are people who don't receive a love for the truth. There are people who sit in church that don't have a love for the truth. <clears throat> when you love something, what do you do? Spend all your time with it. You love something. Cultivate it. You love something. You learn more about it. That's what loving the truth is, and that's becoming real. It's all about, it's all in the search. It's all in the search. God is leading us as a body here at this church to search and find answers together. In the past, and I'm not talking about the past here, but in the past of places we came from, generally in the search, someone else did the search, and they told us what they found. That's kind of how the old church went. They, the pastor, and I, I hope you don't at any time think I'm demeaning the position of the pastor because the pastor has a very important part of the church. It's, he's God's under-shepherd for the church, but it's his responsibility to make sure that the sheep get fed, that they have a place to eat, a place to water. One of the worst things I used to hear back in Spring Tabernacle was somebody come up to Brother Green, I'm leaving the church. Why? I'm just not getting fed here. Man, there was plenty of feed being put out. You got to get down there and eat some of it. That's how Brother Green said it. <laughs> Jabbo Green. Oh, no, there's plenty of feed being put out. There's plenty of grass here. You're just not getting down and eating it. The responsibility of a pastor is to lead you to that place to eat, but you got to eat. You got to search. Don't wait for pastor to search. You know, one of the things I think is a detriment, one of the things I think is a detriment, please don't misunderstand and don't be, don't be mad at me about this, is that bishop knows so much that we rely on what he knows. We rely on what he knows. How much of it have we ever searched out? How much of Nothing against bishop. He studies, prays, you know, I've, a great pastor. But when, when we rely, when the, the sheep rely on the shepherd to pull the grass up out of the ground and stick it in their mouth, so they'll eat and, or get a cup of water and say, put your head up. Okay, good. And give them a drink instead of letting them drink on their own. Yeah, you cripple the sheep. And what happens is the sheep then die. That's what happens. It's not that the shepherd's not supposed to do his job, but what has to happen is there's a job that the sheep do as well. And that's the search. And that's why God is leading us where he's leading us. He's not just doing that here. When you 
I talk to different pastors and different people during the week and listen to different things, and this same thing is going on in a lot of other places. It's amazing. Uh, you know, Jan and I will laugh because we'll, there's certain people we will listen to, and invariably they'll preach the same message I preached last week. And it's not because I got it first or I, it's because God's talking to everybody, and we're all preaching the same thing. God's drawing this thing together. And so a part of this deal right now is us growing together, finding truth together. I'm okay as a pastor telling you I don't know or, you know what, what you say is right and I was wrong. I'm okay with that because I don't think I have the perfection of what all is right. And if I ever come to that point, not only am I in trouble, you're in trouble. I can never come to a point where I think I know it all or have all the right answers. Neither can you. Never be that way with your children. You have to lead them, right, your children. But if, if something is wrong and you realize it, don't lead them into wrong just simply because you don't want to face up that you were wrong, right? You don't have to tell your child, I was wrong, but you know what? One of the best things you can ever tell your child, I was wrong. Now, here's the right answer. Now, we both know together. That's where God's leading the church right now. That's where he's leading the church right now. That's where we're doing word studies. We're doing this. <clears throat> I thought I'd get more flack over last Sunday's Sunday school. I really thought... I, Matter of fact, somebody texted me and said, have you gotten any negative or positive? I said, no, neither. <laughs> Nobody listened. <laughs> Just because some of the things we talked about go against the grain of some of the things we've always been taught. And God is doing that in the church. And it's not that we want to unveil that this one's wrong, that one's wrong, this is wrong. But it's an un it, it, this is the search for what's real, and what's real be, is truth. And this is the search for truth. And that's where God's taking his church right now because there are others that are just saying, you know, whatever. And what will happen is when all this goes down, they're just going to go by the wayside. But those that are hungry for truth and search for truth, the strength of God's going to be in our lives. And so that, that's why it's important that we realize that, that this search for truth is, is uh, it's, it's, it's us becoming real. That, that's what it is. Any questions? Any That's it. You know, the reason um, we, we want to be told we're, we're too busy, too lazy, too whatever. Just, you know, just tell me what I need to do. I'll do it. Tell me what I need to know. Then I'll know it from you. And, um, you know, the, the thing we've been blessed with here in this church you know you guys have always said don't take my word for it you do not want to take my word for it because you know in the end i'm the one who's going to be standing up accountable for my life my words right. my study not you you will as a pastor i understand that but i'm i can't say well you know pastor don said uh-uh no i'm accountable and you know not only in it's 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 in every aspect of our life and even more relevant today you know because truth is not being spoken worldwide and you can't you know i guess you could say trust but verify and it takes a lot of time and effort to verify everything that's going on and you know that it's even more important to be with like-minded people you know not only in the church but in your community and stuff because it's it's a lot of time and effort to keep to to find the truth you don't have to dig very far but you do have to dig so, um, yeah, it's just, you know, 
it's easier to just sit back and believe what you're being told and do what you're being told to do, but that's not true. Yeah, you know, we've, we have found that out naturally in the natural here with all the COVID business. So you can either sit back and believe what you're being told, or if you dig and start finding stuff, what you find out is not what you're being told. As a matter of fact, it's the opposite. So, um, Just piggybacking off of what both of y'all have said, because it, that curiosity, that wanting to look for, it wasn't always like that. Like I remember my, my teachers doing the same thing. Like he said, the first word was look, and it caused you to have that curiosity. I mean, that's that's halfway got me in trouble when I put my fork in the in the wall socket one time and had that. It was, a, I wonder what this is gonna happen. You know, I tried to breathe on the water one time. You know, I just went, <laughs> but, but, but that, that search and that's something that's not here anymore. Um, like you said, especially in the, in the schools and everything like that, because, you know, you hear the internet never lies. Then you go look up the internet and it lies. So, <laughs> Um, but it, it's definitely encouraging and exciting to see that the effort and, and that what God is doing, stirring that curiosity back up and causing us to have a desire, not just saying, oh, I'm going to look. Like I, I was driving here tonight and I've been thinking about, you know, when I pray and, and you know, it's one thing to say, God, I, I want more of you or God, I want to study the word more. You know, it's one thing to pray that. But then if you change your prayer language, God, I'm going to study more. God, I am going to seek your face. This is what I'm doing. Now you put that action with it and you look for ways to do it. It really makes that big difference. So, yeah, I think it was it was right, right on point. Yeah, I think what y'all are saying is the perfect description of faith. You hear it and you put it into action. That's what faith is. That's, so. One of the hardest things that's been for me is being able to, you can't give someone your experience that you have with the Lord. And you try to, you can talk, you can tell them everything that you know, but they still don't know, you know, what it's like to experience the Lord. And until you, as you're saying, look, dig, search every corner as you can, however you can to get your experience. Because all of our experience with the Lord is it's so different and so unique and so wonderful in its own way. So it's, we have to, if we really want that experience and we really want to grow and we really want to see things differently, we can't be looking at each other. We yeah. have to look at the Lord. Yes, we're examples to each other, but for that personal relationship experience, that's going to take just you digging in, you and the Lord. Yeah. You know. I can tell you all day about my, about my baptism. As soon as you get done, yeah. get it experience it you'll never know yeah. until you have yours that's the greatest thing about God that's the greatest thing about our faith you know we don't have a we don't have a religion we have a relationship and that right. relationship with God is an experience when Jesus walked I don't care if it was a healing I don't care if it was breaking bread the people who didn't even know what his name was they can tell you about the experience that they had when this man named Jesus came into our area or he, we came into his you know the the woman with the issue of blood she can't tell you that she talked to Jesus or anybody else. All she knew is that she needed to touch him, and then he knew because of that experience. So, yeah, that is, yeah. anyway. Yeah, the Gospels are full of experience. One after the other. As far as searching things out, we always, the older people, you remember going to the library and looking up. Yes. 
the Dewey Decimal Center. Yeah. Yes. And sitting down and going, and we we even would go to the the library in Dallas, which was multiple floors, but it had tons of stuff. Yeah. And uh, you had to work at it, you know. To yeah. do your Now it's now it's uh, you, you don't have to do that, and but unfortunately, a lot of the stuff you get is not free. Right. But uh, it's just not this different now. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> the old day was yeah. Yeah, you had all the card files. You had all the. You, you went from everything, find a book. This, yeah, all of that. Thank y'all. God bless you. I look forward to seeing you this weekend. For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather, and you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.